I found on a website this house, the one that we're in now. It had been on the market for five months. Oh, wow. Wow. There were five pictures of it, and they were all of, like, random corners. (laughs) And you were like... And it looked like a murder house. It straight up looked like a murder house. And I'm like, okay, it looks like a murder house, but it's 2,400 square feet. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. I have been editing these podcasts now for the last few months, and I wasn't going to bring it up when it first started happening because I thought like maybe maybe there was a, a good explanation for it maybe it was interference with a radio or there was a, something on in the background or somebody whispered something and didn't know it but I have caught whispers on our audio that we have recorded that is not us saying anything It's not from an interview we did. It is not part of a ghost box. And I recently, the last one that I got it on was the one with Natalie, where like we were laughing about something and talking. And then at the end of like us saying something very quietly, there was a whisper. And I listened to it multiple times. (laughs) I can see it as a waveform on the track. Um, But there are a few of them. And when I have free time, (laughs) which is a joke because I don't, um, but someday I'm going to like make some time to go through and see if I can pull them all out and maybe listen to some old um, unedited or stuff that, you know, got cut. Um, What, because it was ghosts interrupting us? (laughs) There are ghosts interrupting our ghost podcast. And I'm totally, like, I'm not full of shit. Like, this is not some weird, like, holiday fucking stunt. This is just me, like, so I was going to tell you this privately, but we're here with Rachel, and, like, weird noises are already happening in our house. Not even here five minutes, and already they're coming out to play. They're opening a bottle of something in the kitchen, a fucking ghost party. So, Uh, I'm Joy. I'm Emily. And this is the Residuals. Residuals. We are here in lovely Los Angeles, California, with our friend Rachel. Hi. Who has graciously invited us into her haunted home to hang out and chit-chat about things and... um, Things have already been going on because we blew up in this piece like the Witches of Eastwick, and we we're like, let's let's do some stuff. One hundred percent. Like you rolled in, and like all of a sudden, like the whole vibe in the space was like, whoa. Like yeah, no, it's we haven't been here that long, and you know, as we do, we start talking about weird shit pretty much immediately, and we didn't have uh, the microphones on yet. And we were talking about um, something that I was talking about something that I had experienced and halfway through it, a door creaked open in the downstairs 
of Rachel's house very loudly and there's no one down there. There's no way for it to have opened. And then maybe five minutes later, there was a noise. (laughs) There was a thump from the kitchen next door uh, in the very next room. And again, there is no one in there. So it appears that we have someone hanging out with us. I feel like I'm going to see something move on that wall. I keep looking at like... Don't do it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't do it. (laughs) That wall's kind of loaded. Um, (laughs) Well, it's got a lot of stuff on it that I would think holds residual memories. It it holds a lot. Like there's there's things that have a lot of energy. So like Like I keep looking at the ukulele and the banjo specifically and that red urn. So that red urn... Um, was made by my great-grandmother, Adele. That's also her green um, hanging swag lamp in the corner. I love that. Yeah, I got it rewired a few years ago, so it works. Um, And those were two things that I got when she passed away when I was in college. So I knew her. I was was close with her. Mm -hmm. And she actually, I did have an experience with her in about a month or two after she died. Um, So I know that she will, and it was a moment of that she was displeased. She Mm -hmm. was very displeased with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had just told my college roommate about how um, I had had sex for the first time with this guy that I was dating. And the mirror, the vanity mirror, it was this beautiful, (laughs) like, ornate, swirly kind of vanity mirror that sits on a table and you, you know, and it has the little mirror. It, came crashing down and broke. <gasps> and Whoa. I was like, well, I guess Nana doesn't like that guy. And like, I knew, I knew it was her. And oh it was like, God. and it was so, it was so like aggressive the way that it just fell. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so if you're feeling that urn, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm also wondering <laughs> if we'll see the lamp swing. Um, Rachel has a delicious potato dog who is <laughs> snoring in the corner. Yes. So you might hear some schnuffly snores. Daisy is oh, snoozing no. by the fire. It's oh. real Christmassy up in this bridge right now. And I want <laughs> like, to eat that dog. I want to. I don't eat meat, but I want to eat the dog. No big deal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? She's like, don't interrupt me. I'm bones. I'm dreaming of bones. I feel like any of us that have a little extra sensory perception of some sort kind of feel each other anyway and end up like going oh we're gonna be friends just <laughs> you gravitate to so people, you know sure. like we're we're gonna end up being friends just sort of smell each other and hang out yeah i mean i used to be told that it's because i'm a leo and when leos meet they either love each other or fucking detest each other oh. on site whatevs i don't think that's True. I think that there is something about when you meet people, you can immediately feel if they if they your people I mean, or not. Some people can feel it, and we are those people. <laughs> there are much. other people that don't feel stuff like that. Wait, which, are you saying that we're special? I'm saying that we're not like everybody, and we are like some other people. And we're special. <laughs> Was that good for my future in politics? <laughs> <laughs> we're different it's fine some people are similar and some people are similar with other people no dear so <laughs> rachel yes uh, i think we're gonna get into some stuff that we are gonna be talking about a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. this uh chit chats with rachel uh most likely gonna be a multi-parter because hot damn 
<laughs> yeah, we might have to like Jiminy next Christmas. time try a different venue too and see oh, what happens. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is amazing. I don't want it in my house. <laughs> no big deal. You can leave it here. It's cool. Okay, thank you. See, Rachel's we, like we at peace with this stuff. Explain to us. Talk to us. Tell us your background and and you know give us a little. Sure. Little bio. Um, so, I come from a long line of people who have sensed things and have discussed it with a certain openness that uh, it's not weird. Um, My mom in particular. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom is very much, you know, the night before she went into labor with each of her children, her great-grandmother came to her. And um, that's how she knew she was going to go into labor. She used to see things in our house that she would talk about. Um, the house that I grew up in had, and this was something that I didn't realize in it. It took, it took years of sort of, of, of actually being out of the space and then residing in different spaces and then having those experiences for me to fully sort of wrap my head around where I grew up. And it was a very, very dark space. It was, it had a very, the house had a very dark energy. Mm. It was, there was it was beyond a sadness there was just a lingering a lingering darkness there was something twisted in it and it affected my whole family in different ways that again I can only really see clearly now but when you're in it you know it's so easy to chalk up whatever your family's going through to this or that or the other thing and I look back and I'm like no there's there's absolutely like it's there's no doubt it was this house um and it was the kind of house where I was terrified in it I was terrified I was terrified to go to sleep I had to sleep with a radio on Mm -hmm. I had to sleep Mm -hmm. with doors open I had to sleep with lights on I had to hear I had to hear humans moving in the space for me to fall asleep properly and I would wake up in the night with such terrors like beyond anything um I used to hear, I used to hear noises. I used to hear, hear sounds coming out of my closet. Um, and it wasn't a huge, like it was just a little like shoebox thing, but I used to hear them. And it was almost like, like it wasn't like knocks or thuds. It was like long drags, like along the door. And it was, it was terrifying. Um, but at the time, I just didn't have the language to fully understand like what was happening, you mm-hmm. know? How old were you when this was happening? Well, I lived in that house from the time I was three until I moved to New York for college, so 18. And my parents actually moved out of the house about nine years ago. And then I was in the house for the last time because they sold it about a year ago. And it was so weird being in that space. Um having been so removed from it, but I can, I can talk about that in a little bit. Um, so moved to college, my move to New York, which is just such a loaded city, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moved to <laughs> my college dorm for my first two years of college was, uh, formerly a hotel. And it was a hotel that like Mark Twain had lived in for a spell. Like, okay. and, yeah. um, so it was old, it was built in the 1800s. Um, and I started feeling different things. There was a different energy. And I started like trying to kind of connect like 
okay, I feel very different. And then then I'd go home from college and I'd feel right back into that darkness. I'm like, oh, okay. So the energy that I'm feeling in this space is feeling different. I'm starting to like try and piece together. I had certain moments of um, like with that mirror and that was, it was in that dorm room where the mirror came tumbling down. I'm like, okay, that's, that's strange. And I was like, well, maybe I, maybe I do have something. I know my mom does. Um, And that's the thing too, like people don't people don't talk about sort of their own in my family they don't talk about their sort of sensory experiences because it's just so much a part of them mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I don't go around talking about like all the ghosts I see it's just a part it's just like my life right you know and I'm starting to realize that and I'm like why didn't anybody fucking tell me that I'm gonna have some haunted shit happen to me my entire life that this is something that is like in my blood like this is something that's gonna happen and it's something that's not gonna happen to most other people and it's like, gonna you're be not gonna have a lot of people to relate to yeah and it's something that I can potentially pass down to my kids because mm-hmm. I do definitely think that there's a familial component yes mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that sure. it is like something that can be sort of inherited. And I'm sort of starting to like, like as I do more work on myself and, and sort of my skills, I'm starting to kind of hone down like, okay, which family line is it coming from? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm go- able to go back that way. Um, I think the first time I ever lived in a space where I felt really buoyant was um, after grad school. And I was living in this old brownstone in Brooklyn. And again, very old, built in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And Those I just, the good ones. I just walked it, and it was just there was a joy to it. There was a buoyancy, like, like it, that's how so much of my energy will manifest. It's like either it's a very, very like a weight that's like pushing me down, yeah. or it's like lifting me up. And it was the first time that I'd ever lived in a space that felt buoyant, and that was when I started to really understand and unravel the house I grew up in because the the dichotomy of the two was like mind blowing how different those spaces were. And then, um, so I've sort of been operating in that sphere and here, so we're here when my husband and I, you know, fast forward 15 years, I'm here, I'm living in this house in Mount Washington, which unbeknownst to me when we were looking at the houses, but I guess Mount Washington is sort of legendary for having these sort of like, um, there's a certain sort of power it holds oh, this wow. area. Really? Yeah, and um, and and there is definitely weird things, even just about this space that I can tell you guys about because it's it's really bizarre. But um, when my husband and I were we were looking for a house, we had um, I had just delivered my second child, and we knew that we needed a place that we needed a bit more space. And so I found on a website this house, the one that we're in now. It had been on the market for five months. Oh, wow. Wow. There were five pictures of it, and they were all of, like, random corners. (laughs) And you were like, that's the one. And it looked like a murder house. It straight up looked like a murder house. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, it looks like a murder house, but it's 2,400 square feet. Let's go check this place out. Mm Mm-hmm. We, I, we're, we're with my realtor. My realtor's like, okay, I'll reach out, blah, blah, blah. So my husband, my realtor, and I were walking up the walkway. I step onto the front porch and out I spit. Some, someone died here. Oh, my God. And I'm like, and it just, it was like vomit. It just like, 
someone died here. I've had those moments and it's like, it's not you. No. It just comes out. And like, what? <laughs> Weirdo? Like, you know, and and my realtor's like, oh, you know, so I, I, I talked to the agent. This house did have, um, the family is selling it. The original owner died, but he died in hospice. Like, did it, like... Like, okay, first of all, bitch, that stuff comes out in the paperwork. Like, don't lie. Don't don't flat out lie to my face. And also, don't lie to someone who has senses. Like, like walked into a space before they got in the house and went, somebody died here. Like, what? Don't they legally have to? Yeah. It's yeah. disclosed. disclosed. Yeah. It is disclosed in the paperwork. Wait. And it was disclosed that he did die here. What the? Way and to go, like, realtor. No, no, it wasn't here. Yeah, no. No, no, no. It wasn't no. right here on the doorstep. It was... <gasps> Yeah, Not, I it wasn't was, lying. Yeah, I just meant it wasn't directly here where I'm standing. Totally. <laughs> so Semantics. we walk in and it looks like a murder house and it smells like a murder house. I mean, <sighs> like the stench of cigarettes was just so strong. It was covered in um, like, did you ever live in New York at all? Yeah. OK, so we've all lived in New York. Yep. And like, and I, and so we've been in those buildings that have those like that weird mirror tile that has like the crackle paint. Yes, yes. that's like the tile walls with mm-hmm. covered. This oh this god, covered in these <laughs> tiles. Um, but it didn't have a bad energy to it. And I was like, it looks bad, and it smells terrible, and it's covered in asbestos. And I was like, but there's something there's there's something here. And if anything, the feeling that I was feeling was not I wasn't scared. There was like a sadness to it that um, I feel like 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 a there'd be like a good German word to cover this feeling because it's like it's not something that we have in the English language, but like that sort of feeling of like like a sadness and a remorse tied together with Mm -hmm. like, you know the inexplicable happiness of existence. I mean, just like it's one, you know, and it's like some long word. Um, I know there's something that exists out there. So I was like, okay, this isn't bad. And then we walked in the backyard and it has like this really lovely view of the canyon and that sort of thing. And it was like, no, we gotta get this house. We're like in 15 years, because this house needs a lot of work. We're like in 15 years, it's gonna be a great house. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's do it. <laughs> so we did. And we bought it. In the meantime, I meet um, the original owner's Four children throughout. Um, one, unbeknownst to us, was in the house <gasps> when I announced on the doorstep someone died here. <gasps> oh, and that was his bedroom that I was standing under the window. Oh my God. And he was in his bedroom, silent. We didn't know. We're like going through the house. We're talking about the house very candidly. Oh God. <gasps> Wait, like, why was he that's here? Just no. That's, you can't do mm, that. So that was fun. So then we go to like walk into that room and there's a man in there. And <laughs> did you think he was That's the ghost? guy that died. Right. Like <laughs> No, there was something very living about it. Like I, I knew. <laughs> if anything, I was like, oh great, this is so this is where I die. Because yeah. that is something when you go and see houses, like mm-hmm. and or like any space, like renting, owning, when you're walking into a space and there's no one with you, you're like, okay, I might die here. Like there's nothing like you know we're just in a random space creepy dude hiding in the bedroom in a, in in one of the most active rooms in the house by the really? way so I'll oh. yeah I'll explain that um my children can never listen to this they can never listen to it because I'm they, gonna terrify them with the things that have gone down but do they like have things happen um yeah and not to go off time I mean you can no, just address it later but it's I in the, and it's in that to. room and it's yeah. with my youngest and it's not um 
it's not like cruel or but it's if it freaks her out it's a bit Mm. yeah yeah it's a lot when you don't understand it I think when you're so little go so going back to that I know Mm -hmm. you lived in your parents house and from age three onwards Mm -hmm. how old were you when you started experiencing things uh, that you can at least remember as long as I can remember Mm -hmm. and my mom told me that there was because she can actually like see manifestations I I'm I've seen things very, very... I've, what I can actually see has been very rare. I've seen the my my main dude who occupies this space. Mm-hmm. I've And then I can sort of see what I call like a death glow on people. Mm. And yeah, and I've seen people and with like sort of this glow and, and understood like, oh, they're dying. Oh, they're about to die. And then they do. And then that's weird. And that, hap- that started when I was very little. Um... Can you see when people are ill with something serious or no? I've n- I've never been able to really pinpoint it like that. Yeah. For me, it's always been there's like this. I call it the death glow. Yeah. And it was um, oh. the first time I was I think six or seven, and there was one of our priests. I went to Catholic school, and one of our priests was giving mass, and he had it, and I'm just watching him, and I'm like, he's gonna die, he's gonna die. <laughs> And two nights later, he had a heart attack. Oh and that like, came out of nowhere. And that was actually, I think, the first funeral I'd ever been at. It was really, really surreal. What because does it look like? Is it like an aura? Sorry to interrupt. Is it like an aura? Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like there's just... Or like a... It's like highlighter. You like know what? Perimeter, like Oh, my God. Haze. Like like a YouTube makeup artist. It's it's so... Because it is. It's Sorry. like there's like... There is that haze around them. But like coming off of... Physically yeah. off of them is yeah. like highlightery and um yeah so i uh he was the first another one was in college one of the professors had been on sabbatical and he came back and he walked in from across the room i saw him you know um get out of the step out of the elevator and walk toward the floor and i was like oh my god he's gonna die Oh, he's going to die. And that broke my heart because I really just adored him. Um, And he did. And, um, you know, and then, yeah. And then, you know, I had a friend who um, I knew was, had terminal cancer. And, but, and I had to come in and kind of like, and I knew when, I knew the last time I was going to see him. Yeah. I was like, okay. And like, and it's been that way since. Like, it's very rare, and honestly, like, I think I'm kind of at a point now where I'm just sort of go with my day. So it's not like I'm like checking out people on the street and like certain people are going. Like it's because it's it's very rare. Like it's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. But not every single person you pass, that yeah, because not every single person is about to, person is about to die. Like, um, I mean, we're all gonna die. Well, yeah, yeah but you, you know, in the next, yeah, I, I, you see the glow for me. You've got about forty-eight hours. Oh my God. So you know that tends to be how you it's enjoy been adding up. Team up because oh she has the similar thing. Okay, well, I'll get to that in a second. I have one question. Have you? Told anyone that you see this on them, or are you just like, well, I don't have a specific. I can't stop it from happening. It's not. No, you haven't said anything. Right? No, it makes no sense to. Yeah, no, I like what what I like, and especially like, yeah, and and also like, 
you know, and this is sort of my thing with, with all of it. Like, I can sense earthquakes before they happen. We've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> and I just get this feeling, and I call it earthquake weather. Mm-hmm. And I just say it feels like earthquake weather. And I finally had to put it online, so I put it in an Instagram story. I just put feels like earthquake weather. And then we had these huge um, earthquakes. And But it was something that it's like, I, there's still a part of me that's like, is this real? Like there's, there's always that thing in the back of my mind. Like, is this real? Uh, Am I done? Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to like, you know, death is so massive that like, I don't want to put that energy on Mm -hmm. someone. And you know, it's just, it's observations, right? It's like all of it is just observations. We're just taking in, but it's like me acknowledging it doesn't make it go away. Me acknowledging it doesn't necessarily make it happen. It's just observations. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of like me wondering if this is all still real, which it's like at this point, I just need I to mean, that's, accept that's the fact what that it's I life. I have struggled with too because I've, I've talked before about um, sometimes I just know things or sometimes I just feel like, like I just think about people and I'll find out later that something bad has happened to them and you know not like they lost their favorite piece of jewelry like they had a stroke they got in a car accident they needed to have emergency surgery like but I don't have a pinpoint on what's going to happen I just know historically it has always been a female and it has always been something negative that has happened but I can't be like oh my god you're going to get in an accident I don't see like a car crash I don't have any information to help them. Um, so like a couple of times when I've thought about people, I've reached out and just been like, I know this is going to sound weird, but just do me a favor and be like a little extra careful the next few days. But I don't know if that intervenes and changes things or like, I don't have any confirmation of anything either. So who knows? (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Like, uh, but it's what's the worst? Feeling. You know, what's the worst thing by you doing that? Is right. that they do are a little, they are a little bit more precautious, yeah. and then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Like I have no proof, the alternative also, sucks. You know, I'm not sitting here going, oh, I should have told her that I felt something weird, and now she just like is in the hospital and may, like I don't know. But it's it's that thing again. Like you're saying, I feel like I'm crazy. I feel like this couldn't possibly be happening. Well, and that feeling like when the priest died. Thought it was my fault for a long oh, time. Oh, babes. No. Like, never mind the fact that he was like a total smoker and didn't take <laughs> care of himself and, you know, was just living on his like his big priestly dollars. I mean, you know, I'm joking, by the way, no, <laughs> but like, no, you know, um, <laughs> but but I lived with that for a long time. And the fact that it was my first funeral, like, I was, I, I carried that with me for a while and it was really hard to let go of. And I didn't tell anyone. Like, I didn't start talking about it until later, probably until it happened again when I was in college. And then I started to really sort of open to open myself to the fact that, no, this is something that, that you can sense that maybe others can't. So, I don't know. Babes. So what has happened with your house since you with moved in? So, so you, uh, the, you, you bought the crazy murder house. We yeah. bought, we bought, we bought murder house. And so here's the thing about murder house. So murder house was built. Do you have another name now for it? 
I don't know. It's just my house. I just okay. like, I don't know. This house was built. It's in Mount Washington, which um, I've learned since getting into this stuff that um, is a pretty powerful place in Los Angeles. Um, this house was built in 1964. It's part of a track of homes that all have a very similar layout. And the majority of the people in my neighborhood are still the original owners or they're like the second owners. I mean, it's, there's a lot of elderly people in my neighborhood. That's so nice. It's really lovely. It's, I I miss neighborhoods, you know, like, yeah, we grew up in a very close neighborhood. So I enjoy that kind of thing where everybody's been there for a long time. Yeah. And everybody's something about the land too. I feel like that it's comfortable that people want to stay. Well, and it's funny too because like Mount Washington for the most part, I mean it's it's pretty um most of the like the places here are pretty slapdash, you know? It's like there's just sort of like houses on top of houses mm-hmm. teetering precariously on a canyon's edge, you know, and this is a very like it looks like the wonder years, you know. Yeah, this and this is beautifully laid out here. Yeah, it's the streets so nice. are wide. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's weird to have street parking in this area of town. Um and so and everybody knows everybody and and everybody you know it's 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 one of those places. Um when we moved in the house needed work to be done before we could um all move in as a family. And at the time I had oh. yeah, at the time I had a two and a half year old and a five month old. Oh babes. <laughs> and you were like, yeah let's get this fixer upper Post C section, oh, post second C section, still still recovering, oh. health issues because oh, I'd almost like died six days after childbirth, which oh, was shit. its own thing. Oh. Um, and my husband was working on a show, and oh. I was freelancing, so a lot of the house stuff fell upon me. Oh. So I spent a lot of time in this house alone, mm. and it was terrifying. Really, oh. it was terrifying and unsettling and it was I was never alone and I felt that and I felt that so strongly where there would be days where I would come ready to like recontact paper the the linen closet or you know I'm gonna tear up the carpet today and I'd walk in and I'd be like I feel you I feel you don't want me here. I'm going to go now. Like, and I got Whoa. nothing done because it was, it was, yeah. it wasn't mean. It wasn't harsh. It wasn't violent. It was very much like, I don't want you in this space. Um, Do you think it was, you were changing the home? Totally. Okay. Sure. And who am I sure. and yeah. what is happening? And it was vacant for five months on the market? Or no, no. Was, the family the son, was here. The son was living here. Okay. There were, there were three daughters and a son. The son was the one who lived here. Um, and the house had all of these little, I mean, it was just, it was so clearly someone's home. I mean, there was like still, there's still handwritten notes kind of scattered around, like sprinkler system is off. Mm -hmm. Um, the original owner did a lot of electrical work, but is not really an electrician. And I guess like I come to find out later, he did a lot of electrical work in the neighborhood. So a lot of people had to do electrical work when they moved in. Um, (laughs) there were like, the sun was a heavy smoker. There were like weird fire extinguishers kind of everywhere. I mean, to be honest, like this guy 
the original owner reminds me so much of my grandfather in a lot of ways with just sort of like their systems that I'm like, I think I kind of get this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved it. We bought the house in November. Thanksgiving weekend, my parents came out. So they were actually, my parents with my two nieces and nephew who live with them, they all came out. So they were actually the first people to sleep in the house. Um, they came out to help me. We were going to redo our kids' bedrooms. And my mom senses stuff and talks about it. My, my stepdad is not, that's not how he rolls. He's Hold just on. like. I have a question. They were the first people to sleep in here before you guys did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like it. We sent in a sacrificial <laughs> lamb of your, of your psychic mother. Mm, let me have them test the water. Kind first. of. Yeah, because we still had. I just want to make sure I heard you right. <laughs> to be fair, I also had two babies, like five month old babies. So, no, but they but they wanted to help us. And like our old house was only like 700 square feet. So, oh, no, to no. bring in five people no. on top of the four, we already, no. like, no. So they just, and they're, that's kind of how they roll. They just bring their own air mattress and, you know, call it a day. Cool. So they did though. And um, my mom takes me aside and she's like, I have to tell you, Uh you've you've got something in that house. And like, she kind of looks at my stepdad and my stepdad's like, and I'm like, what happened? And he's like, oh, there was a hand on my shoulder when I was, when I was in Juno's room. Um, the room that the son right. was in. The room that we we bought the house, that room sight unseen. Like we'd never even stepped foot in that room when we really? still bought the house. Yeah, because <gasps> he was living in it. So he's like, there was a hand on my shoulder. We were in there, we were painting. There was a hand on my shoulder. And he's the skeptic. 100%. Yeah. And... And I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I, I had a feeling. I was like, I've sensed it too. And I was like, but I don't sense that it's necessarily like malicious. And mom was like, no, no. And we're like, okay. So we kind of had this understanding. We move in. And, and that was not their only experience with them. There was one other experience later. Someone's in the kitchen. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. Sorry. Someone's in the kitchen. Someone's in the kitchen. That's a very loaded it's space. It's cold, like, no, I, between the sliding door and the um, kitchen table when I was in there. I felt like a, I don't want to say pacing, but maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Something. I feel that, that feeling, and it's only on this side of my body. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. absolutely a pacing, and I'll tell you why. So we move in, and I have a five-month-old. I have a five-month-old who's up a lot during the night. Needs needs the night feeding, right? So yeah, you know where this is I'm going. I'm making this noise because of the first episode that we had. Where exactly, I'm yeah. exactly. So Juno's room is across the hall from mine, and it's a perfect view. You look down these stairs. So this house is a split level. So you walk in and there's like the living room and kitchen level. You can go downstairs to the rumpus room. There's a bedroom and a bathroom. You go upstairs and there's the three bedrooms and like two more bathrooms. Um, so I'm crossing the hall and looking down. I can see I have a direct line into the kitchen. And that's the first time I see him. And I know it's him. And I know it's the same energy that I felt that day that I stepped on the porch. 
same energy that I've felt like, but this is the first time I've ever actually seen him. And to be honest, it's one of the first times that I've actually ever seen like like a manis- manifestation of something, like something tangible, mm-hmm. anything. Like my whole life, it's always been feeling, right? right? So this is the first time I've actually seen it. And it's an old man and he's wearing a white bathrobe and he's pacing. Oh he's my pacing God, really? in that kitchen. He's pacing in that kitchen. I'm like, okay. And I just go into Juno's room, feed her, put her back to sleep, come out and just don't even look. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. This happens regularly. One night I'm in my room and I wake up and he's standing in my room. No. no. In the doorway. No. And he's looking at me. No. And he's, but it's, he's not, he's looking at me. He's so curious. Like he knows you can see him or confused? No, he's so confused. He's looking at me. And the sad thing is, is that it was like, I didn't realize what it was until probably like a year and a half later when my grandmother was in her last stages of dementia. And she would look at me with that same stare. And I was like, and that was... That was when I realized I was sitting with her and I was like, oh my God, he died from dementia. That's how he went because that's how he was looking at me. And it was, he was standing in the doorway and that's, I am a chicken shit. And a lot of it comes from growing up in that crazy ass house and hearing scary things. I can't watch scary movies. It's too visceral for me. But that is my worst nightmare is someone waking up and someone standing over my bed. Yes. Here I had someone standing over my bed looking at me, but it was he looked like a like a deer in headlights. And I wasn't afraid. And I just said, okay, I can control this. And I just put the covers over my head and turned my back to him and said, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to pull like some super fucking witch move and be like, I command, blah, blah. And you're like, so I pulled the covers over my head. <laughs> and turned my back and just hold up and waited until I'm morning. sorry, I can't okay. say anything because I'm just like, yeah. So here's what I had. This is the information that I had because I feel like this is important. Um, the information that I had was that the previous owner had died in the house. I didn't know from what. I still don't know from what. Um, I had very like, you know, casual conversations with the kids as we were doing inspections and things. One daughter came in from out of state. The other daughter had also been living here. And then the third daughter and then the son, I just didn't really talk to cause he, you know, there's, there's, th- there's a lot happening there and you know, it's fine. Um, but it's always very breezy. One of the reasons why they chose us was because we told them that every year we have a huge Christmas party. Um, on typically on Christmas Eve, we're traveling this year, so we did a little early, but we always have a big, it's Noche Buena. My husband, um, he roasts a pig. Like we just have a bunch of people here. It's super fun. And, you know, we put that in our letter that this is a perfect Christmas Eve house, which it has proven to be. And we were told that one of the reasons why we were chosen was because, um, their dad's favorite holiday was Christmas Eve. And... So there was an experience, and I'll tell you, this is my my parents' second encounter with him, was our first Christmas 
We had our big Christmas Eve party. Um, my parents came out with the three kids. We're all in the house at this point. Christmas morning, we all come down. We're waiting for my oldest. She's upstairs. And then all of a sudden, we smell the most pungent, sickly sweet smell. All of us. Mm. And my stepdad goes, who sprayed something? Mm -mm. And my mom just goes, he's here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, he's here. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He's here. It was like... It, it was, it, the house was completely closed up. I'm looking at literally like I have my nieces and nephew and my youngest daughter all sitting at the tree, like waiting to open presents. Oh my oldest is upstairs to be crude on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom, my stepdad, me, and my husband are all sitting in the living room. We're the only people in the house and this like pungently flowery sickly sweet wow. smell he was there he was there and he made his presence known um i've since started to put things together um there's a girl who lives across the street from us who grew up you know she's 16 now and she told me one day she's like Oh, yeah, I remember the guy who lived in your house. We always called him the snowman. And I was like, did you call him the snowman because he wore a white bathrobe? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So the kids have to be in bed by 8. I'm going to go now. Before she could figure out, like, yeah. Hey, wait, how did you know he wore a white bathrobe? She didn't. She never asked me that, thankfully. So I had that. I had another friend who can sense things. And we were sort of, we were outside, actually. And... Sometimes I will get little, especially if I'm caring for, we have two camellia bushes that I've come to find, I've I found out through other neighbors. His wife planted, there's a bunch of rose bushes, and she tended these roses that just explode in the early summer. They're gorgeous. And we have these two camellia bushes. And so anytime I'm sort of doing anything with them, I'll get kind of a vibe. Um, did the wife pass away in the house or just him? I don't think she did. Okay. I I feel like I don't I don't feel I don't feel her at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's with one of her kids, like I you know, or like maybe she's transitioned in a way that was comfortable, but I don't feel her at all. Do you think I'm sorry to? But no. Do you think he's still here because he's still in somewhat of a state of confusion during due to his state of dementia when he was passing? That I don't know. So I have all of these weird theories because I'm trying to assess this all out just in life, you know? I think I think that houses and spaces, not just houses, because I think it happens outdoors too, but I think that spaces can sort of retain energy, almost like a like a home video. Mm-hmm. That's why we called right. this show the residuals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's it it's residual energy. And I think that while I do very much feel his presence as a sentinel, and I've had healers come in who've been like, um, he's looking out your windows. Hmm. Um, he's opening your, like, he's there. When you open the front door, he's there. Hmm. And, like, this is a woman who can see things. Like, she's, her gift is so vibrant within her, and she can really hone in and get specific. I'm not there. I just sense, and I'm like, I mean, I've gotten to the point now where I say hi to him when I walk in by myself because I'm just like, he's here and that's cool. Did he hang out by that mirror? <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. By what mirror? That one. Because every time I keep looking at that mirror right behind her, I feel like there's a man's face in it looking back at me, mm-hmm. like, watching us. Oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. tit. <laughs> well, and I think, and, and I... Like, I, I can see it in my head, but I don't see it. But, you know, I did a it's little... It's the movie projector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is very hard to explain to people. Exactly. But no, I've, but I've I've heard, heard, yeah. I heard, yeah. 45 minutes every time. When I'm looking there, it's because I feel like I'm going to see a person's face with, like, a mustache and, like, balding or something, but I don't know if... <gasps> Is there? Well, and I think also, too. <laughs> what Wait, the, what? That's what I've been thinking. Oh, really? Like. <laughs> I, I think he was also, like, when I did a little bit of research eventually, like, he was he was a Marine. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, like, there is an oh, element of patrolling sure. in a way. But to get back to the dementia question, here's the thing. I can't help but wonder if there's something about those actions that is sort of being replayed. Personally, I want to think, because I just watched someone I love more than life itself suffer from that, I want to think that a person who died from dementia is released from that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, like, it's so horrible. It's so horrible. And it's so horrible to watch, and it's so painful. So... But at the same time, I can't deny that when the way that he looked at me and studied me, I saw that that look, that that it was like a vacant, deer-eyed, just like Do you think that focus was, that I saw in my grandmother. But did that feel like he was present looking at you, or do you think maybe that was something that had happened in that room? where he had walked in and had that look. Like, I don't know how you felt. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it could have been a residual thing where you happened to open your eyes when there was a moment of replay, and it was a pastime when he was standing there with that look on his face. Yeah, maybe. Or it was, I'm looking at this person, and maybe I died suddenly, and I was confused by it, and I'm still just sort of trying to come to grips with the fact that I'm dead and why are these people in my house changing things? And why won't they listen to me? And maybe it was like a, I'm figuring this out. And now I'm looking at her going, oh, she's changing. She has these two small kids. And okay. I you, don't know. I mean, I, I'm just throwing. No, ideas. it's but it's a fair question. Because in that moment, it felt directed at me. Mm-hmm. It definitely felt like it was to me. But I, you know. Because if he's pacing in the kitchen, that. That sounds like he a residual. Interacting yeah, interacting with you when that happened, right? He was just no, up. and that was just a pacing, and that felt like I was it, it. It almost didn't even feel real. It just felt like he was doing that. You know that there was something kind of automatic about it. It felt like I was watching something. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like I, it was something. Whereas when he looked at me in my room, that felt very. That's what I'm trying. That to was get at. directed at me. Mm-hmm. It, I felt it. Like I, it really kindled something in me as opposed to I saw him walking in the kitchen and I'm like, you guys I'm not going to interrupt. Yeah. We connected, connected in that moment. instead of just your energies sort of being in the same space at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, and that's been the most sort of a vibrant um, exchanges 
most vibra- the most uh, visceral exchanges that we've had with him. But he has seemed to um, calm down or not? Like now he's just like, yes, okay, these people live here in my house and it's cool. And <laughs> like, is that the general... <laughs> general vibe he's given off these days the only yeah the only tricky spot in the house is my daughter juno's room which belonged to his son which is where my stepdad felt the hand on his shoulder that's the only area that kind of remains a hot spot i've never felt anything in my other child's room um i've never felt anything downstairs I'm like looking mm-hmm. I've never felt anything downstairs and I will occasionally sleep in our guest room because both of my kids will climb into our bed at night and then I just need to escape <laughs> and that next Christmas I'm putting guest room on my list totally it's <laughs> legit it's legit um and I've never I, I haven't felt anything down in that area um mm-hmm. the hot spots for me have been the kitchen Juno's room, kitchen repeatedly, Juno's room repeatedly, and my bedroom that one time. Oh, okay. Which I do think, which I do think is the room that he died in. But that makes it seem like more of a a conscious thing. Yeah. If it was just that one time. You, I mean, I feel like if it was a a residual thing that kept happening, you'd see it more. It, It sounds from what, the few things you've said about his son, that he was a bit of an odd bird. I'm thinking that that was trapped in there. That, that was right? definitely I'm thinking the that he's kind of a magnet or something. I'm just thinking that if he, it might have just been his negative energy that right. absorbed in the room. If that's where he was festering, and yeah. it might not even be an entity so much as like someone who passed, but rather just residual like activity. Anger. Yeah, which yeah could very well be. I've tried to set boundaries. Um. As I've started to kind of hone into this and just to hone into my own skills, because stepping onto the front porch of this house was a watershed moment for me. Mm -hmm. That was the moment where it was like, I can no longer disregard this as something. Yeah. This is something that I can feel like. So, so what are you going to do? Are you all in or what? And, and have made the decision, um, that I am all in and I want to explore this further. And this seems like a perfect place to do it because I do have a very present energy here. Um, and it's not um, like an, it, there's not an anger associated with it. So I don't need to be scared of it. Cause that's always the thing too. It's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. And it's like, don't be scared. Yeah, that's how you I don't have to am. be scared. And I, I don't want to feel like that. And I know that we've briefly talked about my coffee pot ghost. I'm not going to go into it now because I want to finish up with Rachel, but yeah, I got to, percolator that called to me from across Goodwill where I couldn't see it and I picked it up and never put it down and now it lives in my kitchen and it was $3.99 and <clears throat> they sell them for a lot more on eBay but yeah I don't I don't know I very rarely feel things like that but I, it's that same like I don't want to be scared right and I like now I'll be like maybe if I look at my reflection in this coffee pot for like a minute there might be a little old lady standing next to me but I'm not. Hi, Joy. But I don't feel afraid now. <laughs> yeah. It's that delicious. like I my let's chat. <laughs> right. Like my we've all we start calling it my cauldron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like my I husband love even it. said it. He's like, here you go, make coffee in your cauldron. Some some witches have <laughs> have familiars. You have a percolator. <laughs> it's great. Oh my god. I have a shitty cat too. I oh, okay. Like, oh chicken. <laughs> 
gosh. Um, so can I ask you something? I mean, obviously, not can I ask you something. I'm going to ask you something. Since you've started to really experience and be aware and I, I maybe more accepting of what you have, are you starting now to pick up on things with other people, either in other people's homes or just with them in person or just intuitively know something when you're talking to them? Yeah. Can yeah. You, can you tell us some of those? Um, so a lot of, you know, and I think this sort of, I think this does kind of tap into sort of the death glow um, aspect of sort of what I've been able to see concretely. And I think like probably an, uh, a term for it could be like, like, empathy but it's a little bit weirder because it's definitely it's like for me I can sense sort of like whatever kind of energy is leaching out of a person and I think like when we were talking before about like oh is it a cast is it an aura it's like it's kind of is but it's a little bit more than that because it's like it's like the energy is seeping out and it's like it reaches that sort of you know like the tiger is most ferocious before it goes down. It's like the light is brightest before it goes out. And I'm able to, now that I'm kind of honing into it, I'm able to pick that up in people and not like in a life or death sort of way, but in a sort of like an energy, a feeling, a mood, a grief, uh, an anger, you know, like in, in that sort of sense. And I as I'm, I'm noticing now as I maneuver and make my way through the world and interact with people, I'm actually more of a mess now than ever before because there's so much that I'm picking up all of the time mm-hmm. that it's like, this is too much. Like, like when we go to the big, big group gatherings, it's so hard. I'm usually it's high. Too much. I can't because I have to. I usually smoke weed before or, or take an edible because I have to create a barrier. And the, the easiest way for me to create a barrier is to do that. Is is to go and then I can sort of turn it. It turns off for me and uh-huh. I can be present and have fun. I mean, you know, speaking to you know, to even just like substances and that sort of thing. Like I find that I definitely use them, and it's like. On the one hand, it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's social anxiety. Well, okay, except for, like, I've never been a socially anxious person. It's not that. Being a tattoo artist and being like this. Oh, my gosh. Is exhausting. Um, Like, I could tell how many cigarette breaks I used to take, like, with whoever I was with, like needing to like take a break more. There were other people who we would talk about real heavy shit, but they had a handle on their energy. So it wasn't just like flinging itself at me. Yeah. And we could talk for hours and I would be fine. And now like the last year, it's just been, I have to be a hermit. I have to like get my shit together and like get my personal anxiety under control before I can go out and like, feel other people again because it was just exhausting yeah so you're saying you like get high before I try to be like okay visualize something like do the visualization of something Mm -hmm. around me like protecting me and being like I'm closing it off I'm not taking this shit home I'm gonna have like some nice small talk and I'm not gonna like be everybody's therapist yeah no (laughs) 
I went to, there's a clinic here in Los Angeles where it's uh, East meets West clinic and it's through UCLA and they use alternative therapy and it's covered by insurance. Oh, amazing. So it's acupuncture, it's cupping, it's, you know, this kind of stuff. And when I went in, the first question they asked me when they were doing, you know, my whatever intake or whatever was, do you have post-traumatic stress? Do you have past trauma? Because that is something that causes it, which I think is another thing, you know, that that triggers people into doing this stuff. Well, and just the fact too, that like our bodies store so much, Mm -hmm. they store so much of that trauma. Like I had a lot of physical ailments um, after my second child was born and eventually I've made my way to someone who does, you know, sort of it's healing and acupuncture and that sort of thing, yeah. who connected it all back to my C-section scar. Oh, oh wow. And so, but taught me that by manipulating mm. the scar, it could sort of release, because, you know, what happens it's is holding with that, that drama, with whatever the trauma is mm-hmm. of the area of injury, your yeah. body kind of clings, you know, like kind of... compensates for all of that extra... And it yeah. stays in that moment. Yeah. And yeah. so by manipulating the scar, I was able oh. to... The the hip and knee problems that I was having, mm-hmm. sort of like through manipulation, started to release. Yeah. And yeah, we hang on to that. We hang on to it physically. We hang on to it mentally. And it's a real drag to be the person who can sense all of that off a person. Yeah. <laughs> But that's why healers are so important, right? You know, it's it's that it's like you're saying you set up boundaries in your house. Like we need, sorry, we need like boundaries for our bodies, for like our feelings, for our whatever mm-hmm. brain, heart, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just so hard because I've been like people have been calling me mom since before I even like thought about having which you know like I've always been everybody's mom and like took care of people and like oh you need some place to stay sleep on my couch oh you need like some money here you go oh Wait, like you're so soothing and like this calm is, that's what and cracks safe. me up about <laughs> I find that like with you you're the, one of those people that like don't cry I'm not you want shut up my eye are. is itching it's it's something in it it's itching. you're one of those people that like we were friends before we met Sure. We were, yeah. but then like I came over when you just moved here. I remember coming to your house with coffee <laughs> and I just immediately wanted to be like, I want you to tuck me into bed and straighten my head and tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> no big deal. Um, oh, I have one more question for you. Mm. Do you find that, you know, we were talking about when we meet people that we're just immediately like, oh, you're my people. Do you find sometimes you meet people that you know have those same abilities as you and you can just immediately key into it, either whether they are aware of it or not? No. But I've been on the receiving end of that. You have? Um, one of the the people who I've been sort of talking to about this and sort of exploring with it a bit further, the way in which I was connected to them was through um, I was getting a tattoo and um, there was another artist in the space, and we're in. It was a big. It's a big piece, so it was like five hours and change. So it was like the last two, and you're just like clawing the table, and you're like, I need a fucking burrito right now. <laughs> and um, so, like, my guy's hard at work, and there's this other artist, and we. I don't even know how the subject came up, but it was, a, I think, a week after 
my earthquake thing that I posted. And I was like, well, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I can kind of sense earthquakes. Um, and then, and he was like, tell me about it. And so I did, and it sort of turned into this conversation where we talked about a lot of the things that we've discussed today. And he was just kind of looking at me the whole time. And he's like, do you want to connect you with someone who could maybe sort of, you know, help you through this? And I was like, yeah, that would be amazing. And so he did. And I was telling her, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, he's a seeker. He seeks out those people. He can find them, and he brings them in. That's something that he that he can do and he's like and 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 she's like and you're a lighthouse she's like you you bring the spirits to you and you bring the seekers to you like you attract them and um which is not the first time I've heard that because my mom used to tell me about how there was this um spirit that she would see in my old house the house I grew up in and it was a guy with long blonde hair and he was always sort of um hanging out in my room because, you know, I slept with the door open or when I'd come home from college because she had turned my room into like an office and I'd be sleeping on the couch. He'd be like sitting on the couch with me. Like he, he just stuck with me. Um, and, um, yeah, so apparently that is, I've been on the receiving end of it, but I've never, Hmm. I've never been able to like sense it myself. So when you were living with your parents and you slept with the door open and you needed you know, noise, had you, was it just because you felt things or had you experienced things as well? I I mean, I know you had the scratching or the noises in your cupboard. It was such a terror. It was, it was such, it was so terrifying to me. It was so terrifying. Um, I, as I I would, my, uh, my, my stepdad, um, would go to work quite early. He's a truck driver. So he would leave for work at like 2.30, 3 in the morning. And I would be up because I would stay up all night. Um, I couldn't, I could never sleep. And then I'd just sleep through all my classes. Mm-hmm. And I did that from a very early age. Um, I'd wait for him to go and then I'd go in and sleep with my mom. Like I was doing this like into high school. Like it was Aww. absurd. Because the idea of sleeping with my door closed was terrifying because mm-hmm. there was something and it was in my room in a way that it wasn't in my brother's rooms in a way that it wasn't in my mom's room there was something in my room and my mom had talked about when they moved in the previous tenants you know because because it was a house that they had rented first and then the landlords sold it to to them years later um so they moved in the previous tenants had been priests um because we lived near a catholic church and um so there were like crucifixes etched above every doorway and every window. No, thank you. And I just can't help but wonder like if there's just things, not necessarily things that, they, I, I don't want to think that horrible things happened in that space. And, and also, I don't know who came before oh, them. Oh God, Catholic priests. But Sorry. No, but also, Ugh. you know, like, like were they protecting themselves from right. something? Was Did right. something happen in that space before yeah, they I've came heard in? Of people trying to like, protect themselves and then trapping yeah spirits in instead of like getting them out and then closing spaces too well so like it could I, be anything yeah. i and did the opposite of you i had to sleep with my door closed every night i didn't sleep either i would stay up all night reading books because i was afraid to go to sleep i had to have my door closed because i was i i knew that i was going to see someone outside my door mm-hmm. and it had to be closed mm-hmm. every single night yeah 
That hallway. Like, uh, that hallway to me will always remain the scariest place. And what's so funny is, so the last time I was in the house was about a year ago. My parents sold it. And they were doing sort of one last sort of, you know, we're at the house because it's only 30 miles from here. And I was in the space. And I was there with my husband. And I was there with my two kids. And I was there with my parents. And I'm just sort of walking through it. And it's empty. It's on the market. And the energy wasn't as dark. It wasn't as violent. It just felt sad. It just felt like... I guess it it felt weighty. It felt burdened. And I couldn't tell if this was just the point that I had evolved to and that if there was something, if if that was what I had, what was always being felt and how I was interpreting it felt Mm -hmm. more violent or if there was just something that I've accepted the energy of the things that happened in that space prior and now I was picking up something new but it was something that I knew it wasn't anything that I was sort of emotionally tied to because I begged my parents my entire, like from the time I was like cognizant, like get the fuck out of this house. This house is horrible. This house is awful. Oh we God. need to move. Like, so I know there was no like emotional attachment for me. Like I, I don't have like all of that it, for me, all of that weight is like on my grandparents' house. That's the house that for me is like joy and love and memories. And this house was my nightmare fuel. And so being in it, it just was like, and I think it was like a heaviness for like knowing like how hard it was for the people, like just for my family who had lived in it and who had seen hard times, like that whole time period, knowing that we had all sort of moved on from it. Um, knowing that like some of us, like my one brother in particular was still sort of feeling the scars from it, from that space, like wow. and from the energy that it possessed. It was really burdened and it was, it was so strange. And it like, it felt so much smaller because it's very, it's like, you know, 1100, 1200 square feet. It's four bedrooms. It's very much built in the fifties, low ceilings, you know, concrete slab, like it's cold. It's an ice, but it's a partitioned ice box, you know? And even like, you could just see where my parents had tried so hard to make it a warm home and a warm space. And it just was like that space, like and through no fault of their own, that space just wasn't capable of Can't that. do it some places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, considering that your mom had this and now you have this and now Juno is scared and yeah. feeling things, do you think that maybe you've passed it down to her? Yeah, I do. And I think the, I think my oldest, Olive definitely has, which, you know, she's possessed ever since, ever since she came out of the womb. Like as a, as a baby, she had this ability to walk into a room and feel what the people around feel where they were at and would respond accordingly. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we'll still kind of do that. Like if, if something is too intense, like she can't hang, like if it's an emotion, if it's people, like with me and my inflections, I have to be so careful and so deliberate about how I deliver information wow. to her because it stays with her. Wow. And like, and that's that intensity 
she's always had. I've never really sensed anything with like the spirits sort of aspect or like the, the other roundly sort of aspect. Now, to be fair though, she's not in the haunted room. Juno is. So yeah. Uh, but it's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, That's nutty butty. Um nutty. Jeez. Okay. Well, um whew. so I feel like uh we should we should probably come back and talk to you again. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how big is your guest room? And... Well, I know you guys. You guys should actually do like a sleepover. Can we, we sleep in Juno's room? No, I'm you sorry. Can sleep in Juno's you room. can absolutely sleep in Juno's room because Juno doesn't sleep in Juno's room. Juno comes into my room every night. Oh, God bless her. Yeah. Oh God. Rachel. Um, Rachel. Rachel. Seriously. Jiminy Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting. Our banana pants asses come in here and set up and stir up some shit. No, it's it's so nice to be able to do that and know that like the people listening aren't like, oh, you're bonkers. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's the thing. Like sometimes like I'll test the waters with it and people Uh will be like, "Uh uh-huh. And I'll be like, and now I'm going to walk out of the room. (laughs) It's like. You know you've talked to someone who has differing political views yes. and all of a sudden you just go so anyway I'm going to pick up my kid from school <laughs> yeah so it's really nice and I think what's nice too is like there's just so much that I put together when I do talk about it or like when I'm forced to like think about it yes. again and it's like oh yeah no like like I don't think I've ever really articulated how I felt being in that house again and like so being able to sort of like even just just talk that out. You guys are like ghost therapy. Like oh. this yeah. has been an amazing eye opening. Mm-hmm. It makes it's the same like I yeah. feel the same. Like it makes me feel like, oh, all those things that you felt before, like, yeah, you're not yeah, you're not out of your mind. Like I wouldn't sit here with everybody, even though I know that we're like literally broadcasting this. I know that whoever Wait, what? wants to People listen. are listening. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Okay, but like, wait, I are know, you talking about the ghosts in the house or just no, the actual I mean listeners? The oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, like, I wouldn't sit here with other people and be like, so the kitchen, and I feel like pacing, like maybe that's not the right word. Like, I wouldn't just say that in like somebody's house. I'm comfortable, obviously, with Emily, but I'm comfortable with Rachel too because we've had these conversations like in real life when we're like out having a beer or like have our kids are hanging out or whatever and it comes up Um, no it was totally and I remember like the first time we talked about it too where it was like you gave a little and then I gave a little and then you upped it and then I upped it and it was like at Salazar I think or something oh yeah maybe yes yes um and it was like you and and then like finally it was like all right no I have like a real ghost thing like yeah and then it was like no me too and then it was like okay great but it was like we were like testing and testing and testing and one-upping and like well but I also have this well I also have this and then I have this and then sometimes I just like know things oh really and sometimes I like and like there's a there's like a ghost in my house. Really? There's a ghost here. There's a ghost in the house that I grew up in too. And <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my it was, God. Yeah. It's good stuff. So anyway, spirits of the house, Emily, Rachel, snoring Daisy, 
Daisy. It's been a very lovely time <laughs> hanging out. Thank you so much for having us in your house. Uh, we'll be Thank back. Thank you to whatever creaked open the fucking door. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go take a walk <sighs> around here and we'll update everybody with that later. But uh, thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. You're absolutely lovely. <laughs> I can't wait for us to talk with you more. This about will stuff. probably be the the first episode of the new year, <gasps> I think. So happy Ooh, new year, happy everybody! New year. And starting off 2020 with a fucking bang. Yeah, we are fucking around. Freaking a bang. Jesus, yeah, yeah freaking a bang. Ghost <laughs> therapy, 2020. Oh my god, ghost therapy. <laughs> ghost therapy. Those are gonna be our cards. Ghost therapist. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> Wait, you ghosts come to you for therapy? No, no, no. They literally, we, it's, if, it's, it's involved. If we do start our, you know, not ghost busters, but ghost seekers yeah. group. We have to get a Nessa though. We have to oh, get an Nessa. Have you talked to her? We talked so briefly okay. and it's like, and then we were like, we need to talk further. Yeah. Um, Should we oh, start yeah. a support group? We might. We already have. So one <laughs> of my, but heads up, one group. of my best friends is actually going back to get her PhD in physics. She's, oh. she's 40. She's wow. a mom of two and she was uh, widowed three and a half years ago. Oh, bless. And so one of the things that she wants to do is sort of um, discover dimensions. Whoa. You know Whoa. they have a, they used to have a department at UCLA dedicated to paranormal research. There's a guy at Harvard who I guess has been doing um, work in this and, and has sort of been able to find like seven dimensions or something to, to that effect. Oh and But it's something that like she feels really drawn to because that was something that her husband was always like, you know, you the way your brain thinks you need to pursue this actively. And she had she was a psych major and then became a stay at home mom and he was um, he worked in film. And so yeah, after his passing she started going back to school just this past semester. And that's where she's starting to kinda like hone in on because math comes very easily to her and like big mm. big theories and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about that and she's had her own experiences, but you should chat with her about him because it's really interesting speaking of like residual energy that's like yes please that hits all the nerd boxes for Mm. me i'm like yeah don't talk to me about that i failed remedial math twice oh i didn't take fucking math well at all but i understand the ideas of it i just can't do it so should we do our experiment let's walk away from the mics and leave them hot yeah we're gonna leave these for a while where you might hear us walking around um Mm. but later i can confirm yeah daisy's gonna snooze um, all right. Should well, we do a, uh, a tap out? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rachel. Thank Thanks, you, Rachel. Joy. Happy Thanks, New Emily. Year. Happy New Year. We said this already, but we're going to say uh, it again. Yeah, whatever. So uh, until next time, don't be scared of the dark. But Joy will. <laughs> I will. Forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. And. Yep. And that's where it stopped. Emily, Rachel, and I walked through the entirety of Rachel's house and yard. We easily spent 15 to 20 minutes hanging out, thinking we were recording the whole time. When we got back, The recording had stopped seconds after we walked away from our setup. There was just a faint sigh, and then nothing. Happy New Year indeed. 2021.
2020 is gonna be something. <laughs>